Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad you're joining me today. Um, Today's guest is Dr. Todd Cooney. He is joining us again. And today's focus and topic is going to be on allergic skin and ears and homeopathy and how it can help relieve some of these pets that are struggling with some of these things. So welcome, Dr. Todd. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Good to be here with you, Tim. Yeah. Okay. So when we look at the data, and I'm not sure what the numbers are, but I do know that um, one of the top reasons that pet that pet parents take their pets to the vet is for allergies. So I wanted to see if you could maybe talk a little bit about just that in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, we have pretty good information because it comes out of some of the corporate practices like Banfield and also from pet insurance companies, and they keep track of these things. So, yeah, the last uh, several years, the number one and number two reasons dogs go to the vet are skin and ear problems, usually, and most of those are allergy-related. Mm-hmm. So, yep, and, um, and in the top ten list, most of the problems have to do with the immune system. You know, wow. they're either autoimmune or allergy-related, so... Right. So a, a lot of the reason animals go to the vet are because of problems with the immune system. So what causes allergies? Because I think before you, sorry to ask a question and then speak, but w- one of the things that comes to mind is I think that we assume that our dogs are allergic to their environment. They're allergic to every food. I hear it all the time. My dog <laughs> is allergic to everything. And you think about these are mm-hmm. canines that were designed to technically live outdoors. You know, they're, they're very, you know, close to the wolf and DNA. They should, they should not be allergic to their environment and everything they eat. So what yeah. is it that's causing yeah. this, this imbalance and, and uh, these allergy like symptoms? Um. Yeah, good question. That's that's a that's the question a lot of people have. You know, why why is this happening? Why is my dog so allergic to everything? You know, we try to do everything right. You know, we hear mm-hmm. that a lot. We're doing everything right. We still have allergies. Well, I think I think at the top of the list is vaccines, and I don't think it's an exaggeration because vaccines are the only thing that can really confuse the immune system in such a way as they do. I mean, they mm-hmm. they cause really a extreme disruption and then things like toxins, chemicals, and bad diets. And when you look at those four together, you know, and you think about the people who say, well, we grew up on the farm and our dogs never went to the vet. They never had allergies and never mm-hmm. had problems. Okay. Well, they probably didn't get vaccinated. They probably weren't exposed to many toxins. They probably weren't exposed to many chemicals. And they probably had a pretty good diet. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You've eliminated the four common causes of allergy right there. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just not their imagination, but 
dogs probably were healthier then. I know it's interesting how much I it, I've actually asked several of my clients the same question. You know, did you ever have a dog growing up? And you know, he probably spent most of his day outside, and you know, probably was fed table scraps, and you know, lived to be a long seventeen years without you know sick the whole time. And people, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. are like, "Yeah, that was like our family dog," you know. And then the dog they have now. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're trying to do everything right, and I'm, you know, air quotes, um, according to yeah. what conventional medicine is telling us is right, you know, which is annual vaccines and all the conventional flea and tick meds and the, you know, yeah. horribly highly processed, you know, food diets. And, you know, so here's here yeah. are these people that are so confused. Why I'm doing everything right. Why is my dog, you know, struggling so much? And <laughs> And when you step back yeah. and take a look at it, it makes sense. You know, um, mm-hmm. we're we're totally yeah. confusing the immune system, um, especially we've mm-hmm. already given them vaccinations. And then here we go again with boosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boosters, which which are really unnecessary. I mean, totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you can't. You can't tell a lot of veterinarians that because they they're in the habit of doing it, and you know that's how Grandpa did it. We've always done it this way, and blah blah blah. So, besides, vaccines are harmless. I mean, that's their bottom line attitude: right. is the vaccines are harmless. And so, even if they don't need them, it's not going to hurt anything. That's that's kind of the attitude, unfortunately. Um, so and so, yeah, yeah. It, the pet parent, you know, trusts what they have to say. And of course, you know, they get their dog vaccinated mm-hmm. and revaccinated and doesn't yeah. understand why they're in the shape. So, so when you have a dog, um, that is plagued with allergies, um, can you give us an idea of say, like what would conventional <laughs> treatment typically look like versus maybe how you would go about it or a more natural approach? Um, sure. Yeah. Well, conventional treatment, I, I still remember pretty well because I did it for a long time. And um, it's it's mainly it's mainly made up of drugs which will block symptoms. You know, think of all the anti, we call them the anti-drugs, the anti-inflammatory, anti-itch, antibiotic, um, antihistamine, you know, all the things that are going to block the body's reaction to cause itching, mainly itching and infection. But so instead of that, you know, with homeopathy, we try to, we try to go more to the root of the cause and treat the imbalance. So, and, and the way you can do that is looking at, looking at the symptoms, you know, what are the, what are the symptoms that they're displaying before it was um, tampered with, with drugs. So it's, it's good to get an idea of the, the original symptoms if possible. A lot of times that's not possible. And by the time I, I talk with someone about a dog, a lot of times they've been on a lot of medicine already. And so that distorts the picture and you can't really, you, you can still see a picture, but you can't see the original picture very well. You know, it's, so it makes remedy selection a little harder, mm-hmm. you know, we, which doesn't stop me from trying, you know, you can still try and, 
sure. we're going to go with our best guess. And and most times the remedies can make a big difference because they'll start to slowly help the body get back in balance and help the immune system start to work correctly again and not be so dysfunctional. Um, yeah. And then, you know, hopefully we start seeing some improvement. It, it can really be one of the most stubborn things to deal with, though. You know, it's it's pretty tough in a lot of cases. And so takes a lot of patience, you know, on the, on the pet parents part, it takes a lot of patience because it may not be an overnight success, but, but if it helps, it's usually a long-term or permanent improvement. So that's really nice when you get to that point. Well, I can, I can but, speak to my experience with that. Um, it was, you know, many, many years before I had even met you, I was working with Dr. Will Falconer and um, I had a <coughs> vaccine damaged border collie. And, um, we, we visited quite often because we were, you know, it's kind of like you said, you know, he, there were so many layers to the onion, so to speak, that we had to kind of uncover. Mm -hmm. And it's like you uncover one Mm -hmm. and then a whole nother set of symptoms show up Mm -hmm. and then you have to go to that layer. Um, but Mm -hmm. I will say I, that is when I 100% was a believer in homeopathy, even though I had seen a lot of little successes along the way to see the change in this dog from before we started into actually being, you know, having vitality and just, you know, not being so he had gotten aggressive from some of the vaccinations Mm -hmm. he had gotten Mm -hmm. lame. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was just all sorts of things and it was like, he was back to himself and it was, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever experienced. And I know he had to yeah, feel a million times better too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome thing to witness, you know, and I, I had never seen it before until I did homeopathy because before that I could give a dog, you know, cortisone or something and make the itching stop. Mm-hmm. But the dog, the dog would almost always get worse. You know, they'd be back in a few months later with a, with a new problem. You know? Oh, right. Yeah. A new a new diagnosis. Now they've got irritable bowel or now they've got, mm-hmm. you know, something wrong with their breathing and, you know, the, the problem goes deeper. So you suppress it on the skin and it's going to go deeper. And that's, that's a real common thing that we pass see all the time. Well, and to yeah. also speak to your point, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't uh, something for the, for the person that was looking for a quick fix because it took us months, you know, of, because the other thing is we would have a, a, um, you know, a a consultation and then we would have a remedy and then we'd have to wait a certain amount of time before we talked again. And then I'd have to take all these Mm -hmm. notes and everything. But I mean, again, it was so worth it. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. once we finally, you know, hit it. Uh, but it, it definitely yeah. takes, it takes patience, like you said. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, we're such a, a quick fix world. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. think that's where sometimes homeopathy gets a bad name because you might, you know, try a remedy and it didn't give that immediate um, effect. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, right. oh, that didn't yeah. work, you know. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, it, it is there. You hear a lot of that where people have tried it. 
maybe one remedy one time didn't work, so they just abandoned it. But exactly. But yeah, it but it yeah, it takes more of a patient approach. And um and that was hard for me at first because I'm not a very patient person. I'm kind of impulsive and I want things to happen quickly, you know. And so I was used to that pace of conventional medicine of getting quicker results. And um but there are times still when homeopathy works even faster than drugs and depends on the situation. But yeah, it's true. You know, I've seen it. So talk a little bit yeah. about because we were talking about how, you know, for example, you, you know, when you were practicing more as a conventional uh, veterinarian, how you might give a cortisone shot and, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, yay, we've stopped the itch. But three months later, baby, here we go with something else. Talk a little bit about if you could suppressive medications, some of the some of the, I guess, negative side effects of that. Yeah, the well. Yeah, suppression in general is is something that's that's really bad. I mean, it's a bad it's a bad result whether you're treating conventionally or or um, with homeopathy. And you you can suppress things with homeopathy. It's a little harder to do with drugs. It's pretty easy because you you just give a drug and you block the symptom, and um, it can make it seem like things are better. But you know you you really not done the animal a favor because you suppress it. And so, so if you think of the, the illness as, as a force, you know, and, and there's a, there's an energy to the illness and it's, it's trying to, the body's trying to work it to the outside. The body's trying to keep it away from the center, trying to keep it away from the core because that's, you know, where the vital organs are, the, mm-hmm. the heart, the brain, the kidney, the liver. So it, it, its goal is to push things to the exterior and that's why skin disease is so common because the body's trying to put it out there. And so when you suppress that reaction, the disease is still there, but you can't see it anymore. It's not on the outside. It's, it's trapped on the inside. And so that energy is going to go somewhere and it, it ends up going into the other parts of the body. And, you know, it sounds a little strange to talk about that way because people aren't used to hearing that unless they've, read about homeopathy and Mm -hmm. I read some of these things, but when I first read it, it was a little hard to, to grasp, but, but it makes a lot of sense. The more you think about it, the more you really look at how things are. And, um, a a real good example is kids, um, little kids with, um, skin, skin reactions, eczema, skin rashes. Mm -hmm. The first thing usually done is they treat them with cortisone cream and make it go away. And then, a few months later, the kid has asthma and they need an inhaler. You know, a lot of little kids are walking around with inhalers in their backpack now at school because they have asthma or they have peanut allergies or they have something, you know, irritable yeah. bowel, something deeper because they suppress the skin symptom and it's gone deeper. And, but conventional medicine doesn't make that connection. You know, they don't, they don't go, aha, he has asthma because we put cortisone on his skin. Of course. Of course, because um, they're they've made something go away, so that's taken care mm-hmm. of. Check that off, mm-hmm. and now yeah. something else popped up, but there's no connection. Yeah, yeah, the connection there, and and so you know, in veterinary practice, well, just like in human medicine, the the trend has been to develop um, more potent drugs because 
the old ones, the prednisone and the cortisone and things that we've used, they've used for years, um, have bad side effects. So let's develop something that's a little more targeted and affects the immune system in a real profound way, but doesn't have as many side effects as cortisone, supposedly. But so we end up with things like Atopica and now Apoquel is the newer one mm-hmm. that's used a lot. And and these these drugs are I mean, these are multi-billion dollar drugs, probably, you know, oh, for yeah. these drug companies. And, and you know, the vets that prescribe them get a lot of income from that, too. And I'm not saying that's that's all bad, but um, it but it's not it's not the best way to deal with the problem. You know, you're, right. you're not going to you're not going to restore health to a dog by putting him on Apoquel or, or her. You know, the immune system is still going to be messed up. Um, the symptoms might seem better for a while, but over and over again, I, I hear from people who say, well, we did Apoquel for a little while and it worked for a while and then it quit working and mm-hmm. things got worse, you know. So and that's a real common scenario. Or then they may go to yeah. Cytopoint or a different... Cytopoint, yeah. Yeah, a lot drug. of people will do Cytopoint or they'll do them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's a future, yeah. you know, dog with another chronic illness that's most likely yeah. going to pop up at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and Will Falconer did an article on the dark side of Apoquel. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on. It's, you can still find it on his blog, but the article actually resulted in his blog site getting shut down. Oh my goodness! His IT people figured out that someone had done it on purpose. Someone had hacked him on purpose and shut down his site. They never figured out who did it, but he had a pretty good idea. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's really scary. Because it was, it was getting a lot of traffic and a lot of attention. And this was early on in the days of Apoquel when they were really trying to, you know, corner the market. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm sure they're working on the next drug already. Oh, certainly. If they haven't yeah. already, if they haven't already released it, yeah. So, yeah. But most people are way too familiar with those kind of drugs if they have allergic dogs because they've been down those roads and they know, you know, they know the drill. So most of them really know what we're talking about. Exactly. And I've hear I've heard the same thing. You know, whenever I meet with clients, you know, we've tried steroids, we've tried Apoquil, we've tried Cytopoint. You know, they all kind of worked for a little bit, but now it's terrible. And, you know, um, and those are also, those are hard because again, those same clients are ones that are used to having them take a pill and seeing that immediate Mm -hmm. result. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that healing crisis or detoxification process um, Mm -hmm. is, is tough to go through. I mean, it just is. And we want to treat it with more suppressive drugs. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it can be a rocky road sometimes and people will end up bailing, you know, they'll decide just to go back to drugs again because they can't, mm-hmm. they, they can't do it. And, yeah. and sometimes the dog can't do it. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. the dog just can't respond and they don't have enough vital energy left. They're, they're, they're all spent, you know? Sure. So, yeah. 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 So it's kind of sad when that happens, but, um, Yeah. So talk a little bit about if you could like infection. I know we talk a lot about infection and, you know, all the 
bacteria, yeast, all that that's mm-hmm. on the skin. Can you talk to us a little bit about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, well, yeah, the, the term infection a lot of times is not used accurately because most of the time you're dealing with an overgrowth of yeast or bacteria that are already present mm-hmm. on the skin because we, you know, we all, animals too, we all carry a lot of normal bacteria and yeast as part of our normal flora of our skin. And so when the skin gets inflamed, though, and the the environment of the skin gets upset, the ecology of it, it gets out of balance. And so the skin and the yeast, the uh, yeast of bacteria will tend to overgrow. And so really what you're dealing with is an overgrowth. And then the body, a lot of times, will mount an allergic response to that overgrowth. When I was in vet school, they called it bacterial hypersensitivity, mm. which is a big mouthful to say that they're allergic to bacteria. Well, they're allergic to their own bacteria, and it's not that, you know, some foreign bacteria have invaded the body and infected it. It's already there and it overgrew. So it, it goes back to the idea of the soil, you know, the body being the soil and the, and the bacteria and the yeast are the things that grow in the soil. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you, if you take care of the soil, you won't have overgrowth problems. You know, the soil is, it's like uh, organic gardening. You know, if they have really healthy soil, they're not going to have too much trouble with um, weeds and things like that growing. Mm -hmm. They're just going to have healthy crops and not too many bugs and things like that. So um, it's, it's the same way. You know, there's, there's a, there's a quote down there about the germ being nothing and the train is everything. That's right. And that that's yeah, that's um, and that's what most homeopaths believe, which is contrary to the germ theory. You know, the germ theory is kind of dominant in modern medicine today mm-hmm. still, which is why everybody's all up in arms about things like COVID and mm-hmm. and looking for vaccines to solve all of our problems. But if you really believe the body, the terrain is more important then you work on fixing that, making the terrain more healthy. And less resistant to disease. Right. So, yeah. So that's, you know, that's really the goal with homeopathy is, and, and, a, and a healthy body really is more resistant to infection, true infection, but it's also more resistant to overgrowth. You know, you won't have those overgrowth problems because everything is in a better balanced state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So one of the things that, um, I, there's a quote that you have written in, in an article, um, and that is, it, it just, it's, I think it's fantastic because it says allergies are not due to the allergen, but to the overactive confused immune system. So allergen avoidance is not really the focus, but rather rebalancing the immune system. So it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about, the terrain, you know, mm-hmm. making sure yeah. that you're doing yeah. everything you can mm-hmm. to support that immune system. Um, yeah. Rather than avoiding yeah. everything in their world. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's really nice to get to that point because then um, you don't have to worry so much about trying to avoid everything that triggers your dog because they they aren't being triggered as easily, so mm-hmm. they can they can tolerate things a lot better. So right. whether it's a type of food or it's a pollen or a grass or mold or you know flea bites or whatever. Um, mosquito bites, whatever the trigger is, the normal immune system won't 
won't overreact to it like a confused one will. Exactly. So if we could, maybe we can kind of go through and talk about some of the remedies that you like to use for some of these things that are related to the allergy-like symptoms. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe if we could start with, you know, the itching, that itching is what really creates so much stress for the dog and the pet. Yeah. 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 Itching is, itching is horrible. Anybody who knows. Uh, has lived with an itchy dog knows that it's it's hard to just sit there and be relaxed if your dog is itching nonstop. Right. And it's hard for the dog to relax too. So, um, so it's a symptom that really gets your attention. You know, it's not like the dog has high liver values or something, and you can't really see that all the time. But with itching, you can't ignore it. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of remedies um, under the category of itching in the references and you can look up skin itch and there are 42 remedies. If you look up skin itching, I'm not sure what the difference is, but Mm. there's 182 remedies. So a lot of remedies to choose from, but um, there's a few of them that we tend to focus in on for the main symptoms, the more common symptoms. Well, kind of in alphabetical order, under itch, there's apis, which is the honeybee remedy um, made from honeybees. And it's more for like hives and burning kinds of puffy itching with a lot of swelling. Um, definitely a dog that reacts to like mosquitoes or bee stings, things like that. Apis will really help. But it doesn't have to be from an insect bite or an insect sting. It can just be any kind of reaction. So. Mm-hmm. Dogs with food allergy reactions where their face swells up, a lot of times they'll respond well to apis. So some people call it homeopathic Benadryl mm. <laughs> because it, it works like so that. quick. Um, arsenicum is one we don't think of a lot for itching, but but a lot of <clears throat> times it's a remedy I'll think of for a dog that's very restless because restlessness is a key feature of arsenicum. And... And also, um, the skin looks normal. So these dogs are just tearing at themselves. But you look at the skin and it looks pretty normal. It's not red. There's no hot spots. There might be a little bit of flaking, just a little bit of white flaking on the skin. But it overall looks pretty normal. So so arsenic might fit that situation. Um, Next one is uh, Ledum. And Ledum is a good remedy for itching due to flea or tick bites and it can also help with arthritis but it's a famous one for tick bites when people are worried about Lyme disease which they shouldn't really worry about but not for their dog anyway Um, but it can it can alleviate irritation from those kind of bites so dogs that have real bad flea allergy or something lead them might really help with that that's good yeah risk yeah Rustox is a famous itchy remedy because it's made from poison ivy. And so the symptoms they can help with are symptoms of poison ivy. If you've ever had poison ivy, you know what that's like. So oh, yes. if, if your dog is acting like he and looking like he has poison ivy rash, dogs don't really get poison ivy that much, but they're great at carrying it to people. So <laughs> you used to have a dog that would run through the poison ivy and they'd come up and my boys would hug her. 
and they'd get poison ivy around their neck from oh, hugging the dog. And yes. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's also a great arthritis remedy too, like Leadum. So it's good for itching and arthritis. But um, silica is more of a chronic remedy, but it's good for recurrent skin infections, especially those that happen after vaccination. And uh, a lot of trouble will start after the puppy shots, sometimes within a month or two. Or sometimes without the puppy shots in the unfortunate puppies that inherit it from mm. the parents. That's that's really being having bad luck. You get vaccinosis without having vaccines. Yeah, no but kidding. But it does happen. Yeah. Um, silica has a lot of persistent itching that's pretty intense. Uh, usually they've got an excessive appetite too, kind of like sulfur. Sulfur is the same way where they they have a bottomless pit type appetite. It's a nice remedy to try because you can try it one time and then you don't really need to repeat it to see an effect. If, if it's going to help, it'll help with one dose. Um, and then, you know, it brings us next to sulfur, which is really considered the biggest, biggest chronic disease remedy in, in homeopathy. So the skin with sulfur is kind of dry and itchy looking and, Typically, it's a it's a skinny, um, lazy animal that looks messy. Looks like they need a good grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they do need a good grooming, but they can look this way like the day after grooming. <laughs> mm. So these dogs just tend to get that way. They just tend to get really um, untidy in a hurry, untidy appearance. They tend to have a lot of redness around their mouth and their eyes and their anus, places where the mucous membrane meets the skin. Mm-hmm. So, and they also, uh, they, they tend to avoid heat. They want to be cool. They have a lot of hunger. They don't like bathing. Bathing makes things worse, which is probably why they don't like it. Right. So that's, that's sulfur. And, um, so the last three really silica sulfur and do you are, are three of the main ones I, I usually work with, with chronic allergies. So, cause these will, these will deal with a lot of the layers of the problem and they may not totally fix it, but they'll, they'll help quite a bit. So Thuya is, is really the key that anti-vaccinosis remedy. And it's, it's really indicated, especially if it's noticed the problem that begins after vaccination. Sure. And um, occasionally we'll give Thuya if other remedies don't seem to help, that's a good indication for Thuya is your, using remedies that seem like they should help and they don't and right. then giving through you might make things get better. So dogs tend to be uh, warty. They tend to have a lot of little skin tags and skin growths and warts and their hair growth is poor. Sometimes they've had a haircut and then hair's not growing back very well. Hmm. Skin tends to get dark color and even black in some cases. So yeah. Okay. So this, yeah, those are really the major itching remedies. I mean, there there are others, especially um, others, of course. But those are really good ones to keep in mind. Yeah, no kidding. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we have itching, and then we also have those nasty hot spots. Um, what are you? What do you find? Mm-hmm. Are some of the things that work best for those? Um, yeah, hot spots are. 
<clears throat> hotspots are awful and sometimes they just show up so fast and they can be so sore and painful for dogs mm-hmm. that um, sometimes dogs have to be sedated just to clip and clean them because they're so, you can't touch them. Right. They hurt so bad. But so, yeah, using things, you know, like witch hazel and green tea and aloe vera sometimes help topically. Um, green tea, especially, I had someone tell me that a long time ago. They, they soak green tea bags and once they're cool, they just lay them right on the hot spot. Hmm. And that tends to help draw out some of the swelling. Um, for a hot spot that's really swollen and it's kind of a red or a white color, to me, it almost reminds me of a strawberry. Like when you're playing baseball and you slide hard mm-hmm. and you tear the skin off and make a strawberry. That's, that's what the apis hot spot looks like. And it's very sensitive. If you think of a bee sting and how that feels, that's how the apis hot spot probably feels. Mm-hmm. And, um, belladonna is good for hot spots too. And these will usually come on real fast. They're hot, red, and painful. Um, and one difference between that and Apis is Belladonna is usually thirsty, and Apis is not thirsty. So that that hmm. might be one of the only ways you could tell apart a Apis or a Belladonna hotspot. But interesting. Um, but yeah, but a remedy I like a lot for hot spots is Hepar Salt, and um. Um, graffiti is mentioned in a lot of places too. And I don't, I don't typically use graffitis a lot for hot spots, but more for chronic skin trouble with, with these kind of symptoms where the skin is cracking and you've got kind of a honey colored discharge. It's real sticky and gooey that, mm-hmm. that fits graffitis real well. And Hepar Sulf is similar to that, but, um, usually it has a foul smelling discharge. Um, these dogs, a lot of times this, the stink will fill up the room. Like if I come in the room, I can smell the dog almost as soon as I open the wow. door. And, and it's a lingering odor that's hard to get rid of. So we have to like, fumigate the room and mop the floor and everything. Hmm. And they're very painful. The sores are real painful. Sometimes the dog will even get, get nasty with you if you touch it because hmm. it's so sore. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a key feature of hip ourself. Um, the other two, uh, Mercurius and Rustox, tend to be pretty good for hot spots as well. Of those two, I probably use Rustox more than Mercurius. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they look similar to poison ivy. The hot spot looks like a poison ivy rash. Uh, usually they're pretty restless, and you might notice that moving around makes them feel better. Like they'll, they'll be kind of restless, and they won't want to lay down very long. They'll just get up and move around. Uh, Mercurius hotspots tend to have a greenish discharge, which is kind of characteristic of them. And uh, the skin tends to be kind of ulcerated too, like the top layer is gone and you've got some greenish or yellowish crusty discharge there. So, Well, that's those are, are really, are, um, that's helpful too, because that kind of covers what they look like, what they seem like they would feel like, what they smell like. So there's a lot of descriptors for different remedies. One of the other things that um, a lot of clients and I know people listening and and people out there um, deal with on a regular basis are chronic ear problems. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, maybe if you could talk a little bit about um, 
what you found to be helpful when those ears just will not heal. Yeah, your well, your problems are yeah they are probably um, they can be even more frustrating than skin problems because it seems like they sometimes aren't as quick to respond as as skin problems, but it really is part of the skin organ when you think of it. You know, the ear is is covered with skin and down into the ear canal. It's a little different the ear canal because it's a, has some secretion. Mm-hmm. Um, of wax and things a little different than the skin, but, um, yeah, with, with ears, if we're treating a dog with chronic allergies, a lot of times the ears are the last thing to clear up, Hmm. which is pretty frustrating, especially if, if the skin clears up in a few months and then the ears take a year to clear up, that can be pretty annoying, but it, it has been known to happen. And, uh, uh, the ears get a lot of potent drug combination dumped into them. There's a lot of prescription things out there that vets are using that have really potent steroids and antibiotics, antifungals and things like that. So, but a healthy ear, and again, you know, coming back to homeopathy and getting things in balance. If you get the body in balance, the ear really keeps itself clean. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a self-cleaning organ and, one of the coolest things I ever found out was a few years ago, and I was reading about a guy who um, um, did a little study, and it was real simple. But he he went down into the ear canal, and he, he, he put a tattoo dot on the side of the ear canal right next to the eardrum. And then over the next few weeks, he just watched the dot and looked in there to see what was happening. The dot moved up to the outside. It gradually moved all the way up to the outside of the ear canal. Interesting. And so his conclusion was that the skin of the ear canal regrows regenerates from the eardrum and moves out kind of in a flow of tissue so it just constantly flows from the eardrum to the outside similar to the way the gut heals the gut is constantly turning over and the Mm -hmm. skin's constantly turning over we're constantly shedding skin cells and getting new skin cells so the ear does that but it does it in a linear way from bottom to top and so that's one of the ways the ear keeps itself clean if it's working well. And so an ear that is getting clogged up with goo, it, it's, it's overloading that, that mechanism, you know, that mm-hmm. self-cleaning. So when we treat ears, we want to use things that are, are not harsh enough to, you know, interfere with that process. So mm-hmm. we end up using a lot of, um, um, well, just mild ear cleaners. Like we have one that has aloe vera and we like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. And then um, a lot of people will just use olive oil with a little calendula mixed in, a little calendula tincture because it's soothing and just olive oil. And sometimes that'll work wonders, especially if ears are really waxy and have a lot of debris, the olive oil can help loosen that up. Mm-hmm. But but the main thing is, is, is using remedies that are good for chronic ear trouble. And in some of the references, there's... Um, the old term was called Qatar, C-A-T-A-R-R-H, Qatar, ear, ear Qatar, they called it, which means ear discharge. And so there's, um, in the in the repertory I use, there's only about 15 remedies under that heading. So it's pretty easy to look through there and see. And, and the top ones really are um, 
Pulsatilla, Mercurius, and Natmura. Those are those are the three main remedies for chronic ear problems. Hmm. And so there's a good chance, you know, if your dog has chronic ear trouble, there's a good chance one of those might be helpful. If it, you kind of have to look at the whole picture too, though. And um, sure, because I'm sure, like some dogs, yeah. it's more red and swollen, yeah. where the other one might yeah. have a lot of um, goopy. Yeah discharge yeah it, it really depends on what that specific mm-hmm. ear looks like yeah yeah because sometimes belladonna is a great ear remedy if it's red and hot and especially dogs that are like getting those hematomas the hematoma mm-hmm. belladonna can help take those down if you catch it early enough they can avoid surgery a lot of times so yeah that's but, that's awesome yeah, so so ear problems. It's it's good to remember that the ear problems kind of the tip of the iceberg symptom for allergies, and ear problems are almost always related to allergies. Mm-hmm. I, I worked for uh, an older vet once um, years ago, and he he considered all ear problems to be related to food allergies. So he was kind of on the right track, but I don't think they're I don't think it's specific for food allergies. Yeah. Um, I'll still hear that once in a while, though. People will say, well, I know it's a food allergy because of his ear problems. And I go, well, not, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is an allergy, though. And Yeah, that yeah. is super helpful because I know that there are, there are yeah. a lot of people out there very frustrated um, yeah. because they, they just can't seem to get on top of those ear infections. Yeah. But also I want to mention here, you know, you mentioned the antis and the steroids and all of that. It can have the same effect, mm-hmm. you know, that you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, for their skin as it as it can for their ears, you know. And I think people right. don't realize that, that you know, you're putting all these suppressive drugs in their ears. And now, again, you have the potential of driving all that deeper into the body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible to do that, and and some of the ear medicines, uh, especially, they don't have it so much anymore, but they used to use genomycin quite a bit, and dogs can go into kidney disease from the genomycin because mm. they would absorb it through the ear, and it would hurt their kidneys because it's um, toxic to the kidney wow. in high doses. So, had these dogs that were getting this ear medicine all the time in their ear, Odomax is an example. That's an older one, but it had genomycin in it. And uh, it was used a lot. And a lot of the dogs would develop kidney disease from their ear treatment. And that's that's a pretty bad trade. No kidding. <laughs> your, your, your ears clear up, and now you're in kidney failure. And so. Wow, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not used much anymore because of, probably because of that main side effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, that is super helpful. I was hoping that... Um, Maybe you could tell the listeners about um, sweet little Pierre, the hairless Pomeranian that you worked with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's in this article that we've been referring to. And, um, yeah, Pierre was an amazing case. He really stands out in my mind still. He's, um, he's gone now. We had to finally put him down a few years ago, but he had a really good, he had a really good response to homeopathy. And um, when we first saw him, it was in March of 2014, and he came from one of the other clinics in the area. Um, people brought him in, and he had—he uh, was eight and a half years old, neutered male, 
and he'd had uh, allergic skin disease for years, you know, and he was to the point where he was, he was on a lot of meds and prescription diets and he, he had lost almost all of his hair. He didn't look like, he looked like a Chinese crested. He didn't oh. look like a Pomeranian. You know? Wow. He just had, um, he just had pink skin, pink naked skin with peach fuzz. And that was about it. Mm-hmm. And he had hair on his head. So, he, but he didn't have much, uh, energy most of the time he had a real finicky appetite he vomited off and on um now he he was itchy for a long time but now he he really didn't itch but they i think it's because he didn't have the energy to scratch anymore he just didn't you know he just didn't care Mm -hmm. and uh his hair that he had had gotten really thin his skin had gotten darker over time and he appeared ungroomed he didn't like baths at all kind of sounds familiar Mm-hmm. Or remedy we were just talking about, but mm-hmm. um, at the time he was he was taking prednisone and atopica and eating a prescription hypoallergenic diet. Um, and a side note was that oh he had kept getting his annual vaccines for everything oh. ever since he was about even oh, during this time when he had this awful skin condition. And this was a particular clinic in our town that likes to do annual shots. They don't mm-hmm. they don't believe in the three year thing so. They, their their clients don't even realize that the rabies law is three years because they've never been told that. Oh gosh, so yeah. it's pretty sad, but mm-hmm. yeah. So um, anyway, you know, I thought, you know, first of all, okay, no more vaccines for this guy, and let's mm-hmm. um, let's let's uh, change his diet. So they they started feeding him a raw diet, and based on everything with his case and his history, I. I thought we'd start with sulfur and I gave him one dose of sulfur 200 and they stopped feeding the prescription diet. They stopped the atopica right away. We had to taper the prednisone down because you can't really just stop the mm-hmm. cold Turkey. So we weaned him off of that over the next couple of weeks. And we started, uh, they started feeding him a raw diet. I think it was Darwin's. I, I'm not sure, but I think they went with Darwin's and they mm-hmm. liked that. And, um, just a supplement, a whole body support supplement. And, um, you know, by, by May, so this was in March and by early May, he was, he had gained weight. He had more energy and appetite. He had already grown about 25% of his hair back. And, um, but the dark parts of his skin where it was bare, they were, they were getting darker, like more obvious. So I thought, well, let's, let's try Thuya because Thuya really fits the, the skin pigment symptom mm-hmm. and it follows sulfur real well so we gave him Thuya, one dose of 10m and it's also a major you know anti-paxinosis remedy so so after that that was in may and he continued making pretty good progress and by december that year he had regrown almost all of his hair and they were mm-hmm. so tickled they would bring him in just to show us his hair you know look, you know you have to look at pierre look at his hair <laughs> and they were just beside themselves, you know, because he had hair um, and he was eating better and he had more energy. He was starting to act like his old self again. But at this time, a new symptom popped up. And this is what happens sometimes as they're working their way through you know, chronic disease. Um, he started regurgitating a little bit and belching and passing gas. And it, it seemed to be worse in the afternoon and early evening. And so all these fit. The remedy like a podium, you know, like a podium has aggravation between four and eight in the afternoon and 
and all of the gassiness, regurgitating, things like that, really mm. fit lycopodium. There's a lot of flatulence in lycopodium, and it's a really good chronic remedy. Follows sulfur and you well. So, so I gave him um, one dose of 200C, and he had a really good response that lasted several months. And um, by March of the next year, he was healthy enough that you know, and he had he'd had bad teeth the whole time anyway. But we didn't we didn't really want to do a teeth cleaning because it was conditioned. Mm-hmm. So by March of 2015, he was strong enough that we we thought we could go ahead and do a teeth cleaning, and um, we cleaned his teeth and he did pretty well. And and then they they continued to give him lycopodium 1M occasionally because it seemed like the best fitting remedy then. And and um, so at the time this article was written, lycopodium 1M was the remedy that we were using mostly. And he had a full thick hair coat, no itching. Uh, no annual vaccines, and they said he even started acting like an alpha dog again. At oh, that's fantastic. Barton. Yeah, I have a little video on my phone of him prancing around, took him out on the leash, and he's just prancing around with his little Pomeranian tail and hiking his leg on everything. Yeah. It was hilarious. But he was feeling like, yeah. he was feeling good. He was yeah, feeling good, and it was great to see. And, and the picture you you have a, the two pictures um, of him. Yeah. He was so pitiful. He looks so sad. It just it's, yeah. I mean, it's like one of those yeah, terrible the, commercials that you want to look away. You know. And <laughs> then know. he. Yeah. Ha, I mean, he's just his yeah. hair is just so thick and. Oh, when he yeah yeah when he grew his hair back, it was amazing, and and they were so amazed, and they they um. They ended up having to, one weekend they had to take him to Purdue for an emergency of some kind. I forget what it was, but Purdue, um, you know, asked him everything about him. And they said, oh, he eats a raw diet and he's not been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Purdue went crazy and said, oh, you're going to kill him, you know. Right. Feeding him a raw diet, not vaccinated. And they said, look, this saved his life. You know, this, right. you should have seen him a few years ago. And they just... Mm-hmm. They gave Purdue the what for about Good for that. them. So yeah, that was pretty funny. But he eventually, um, he, yeah, he just kind of died of old age. Eventually, you know, he mm-hmm. he lived to be about eighteen, and um, he he was having his struggles, age related struggles. But he, um, yeah, he had a good, he had a real good life, had a real good response. That is that is amazing, and what a. What a rewarding thing to be able to do. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was really a lot of fun. And, and it had a big impression on our staff, too, because they got to follow his progress. And Oh, yeah. Um, we, we, you know, we've seen other dogs that improved, but not many were as dramatic as Pierre. He really had a drastic recovery. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I think it's because he was, he was so bad to start with. And he just oh, yeah. made a full recovery. So. Yeah. Nice. So in closing, is there anything else that you want to, um, any, anything you want to reiterate or leave the listeners with, you know, just kind of, as we've been talking today about these allergies and how, how really it's the, the very confused immune system. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing to keep in mind that it's, 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 it's always related to a confused immune system and, and really I would say almost every dog in the U.S. probably inherits a confused, confused immune mm-hmm. system, unless you unless you get a dog from a natural breeder and they haven't been vaccinating for like twenty years. You know, you 
you you might get a puppy from there that won't have a confused immune system. But right. But every other dog, I mean, because they they've come from bloodlines of dogs that have been vaccinated, and so it, yeah, it's, it just carries it's down. Just, it's pretty universal. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it, it can be discouraging at times because you just see so much of it. But but it's nice that we have you know things like um, good diets and and uh, homeopathy to help deal with it. Sure. So yeah, yeah. And people who know a lot about nutrition, like Tammy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this has been so helpful, um, and I know a lot of people will probably be taking notes on some of the different remedies and which ones would be best to give for each situation. Um, and I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom here, because again, this is such a universal problem um, with so many animals and it, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. it's so unsettling whenever our, our pets are suffering in that way. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. It really is. It's not a small thing. I read somewhere that, Americans spend over $5 billion a year treating allergic skin problems in their dogs. Wow. That's, oh that's a lot of money. That is... used to be a lot of money back when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> five, five. Wow. That is um, insane. Yeah. yeah. And Whew, it's okay. similar to the amount, you know, they, they spend a lot on pet food too, but that's that's more of a necessity, you know, pet mm-hmm. food. And, but to spend that much on something that, could be preventable. That's, well, that's what know. I was thinking too. I mean, this is something that honestly man has created and perpetuated. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely a man-made problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, but we have, we have, we have the ability to deal with it. So, right. Yes. Yeah. And if someone is, is having a situation where, you know, you have a dog that is just, miserable out of control with their itching or hot spots or chronic ear infections. Dr. Todd is a great resource. Um, and I will include his, um, his website if you wanted to, um, you know, see him and consult with him, um, because he can really kind of, you know, kind of like I had, I had with my dog when he was so vaccine damaged, you know, we just peeled back the layers of the onion and it, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun to watch them come out of that um, yeah. condition and you know have a new life. It's really great. Yes, it yeah. definitely is. Yeah. Well, thank you again. This has been so wonderful as always. Thank you. And um, yeah, and I know everyone. I'm sure listening is um, very thankful that you took the time to do this. So thank you again. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Yes. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so that I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.